chronic inflammation and your health. Welcome to the Our Ketogenic Life podcast, where we bring you the scientific and daily application of living the ketogenic lifestyle. We have helped hundreds reach their weight loss and health goals, but this is far more than that. We want to help you create real life change so that you can live the life God created you for. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin and Danae Davis. Hey guys, welcome to the Our Ketogenic Life podcast. And today we are going to talk about inflammation. So I want you to stay with us to the end, learn um, some valuable information on how you can apply it to your health. But I want you to learn uh, to listen to your body, not only now uh, to help you with feeling better now, but also to avoid problems tomorrow and in the decades to come. Uh, but first, I want to bring in a new uh, aspect of our uh, podcast, and uh, it is titled, What Did I Learn uh, This Week? So uh, with us, as with anybody else, we are always learning. If anybody tells you that they know everything, uh, that they've, they've got everything down pat, you know, you, know, you need to question it because uh, information uh, is ongoing and there's so much information out there, you know, not one person can know everything. So it's good to have somebody that you listen to uh, that is always learning and sometimes not being afraid to change direction as far as what they're talking about or things that they're recommending, depending on the science. Uh, so it doesn't have anything to do with any kind of political agenda, but it's, a, it's about how you can get healthy. And the one thing I learned this week was learn to uh, look at the labels and the nutritional value before you get something to eat at a restaurant. So the story goes like this. Uh, this past Friday, uh, Danae had some uh, furniture that had to be picked up in Lexington, which is about two and a half hours from our house. So uh, I worked all day, uh, actually was busy through lunch, had a, few, uh, had a call with one of my clients and uh, didn't eat lunch and uh, didn't eat on the way down because the store was getting ready to close. So we didn't have time to stop and eat. So uh, it was around 830. Uh, hungry and decided we need to get something to eat but we didn't want to go to a restaurant sit down because we had to drive home and so what we did was we thought well let's eat at Zaxby's Uh, Zaxby's is a chicken uh, restaurant Uh, uh, serves really good chicken Uh, we've been there several times before and uh, went through the drive-thru and got their uh, large chicken finger meal ate it which is and it was delicious it came with uh, six chicken tenders uh, some french fries some coleslaw and some bread now i didn't eat the bread and i just ate a few of the french fries uh, forgive me for that but i did eat the chicken and i did eat the coleslaw and then the next day i am currently wearing a, a dexcon uh, glucometer which measures my blood sugar and i noticed my blood sugar went up to like 160 170 which is really high for me usually after i eat uh, even if i eat some like ice cream or something like that in the past when I've, when I've experimented it goes up to maybe 130 or something like that but mine went up to 160 so then i got on my fitness pal and looked at seeing uh, the nutritional value for a large chicken finger meal uh, plate or box or something whatever they call it at zaxby's and what i come to find out it had 169 carbs uh, it had uh let's see uh, 64 sugars now 
usually, if you remember from our conversations in the past, uh, our blood sugars uh, total or uh, intake of our sugar for a guy should be around 35, 36 grams of uh, sugar per day. This had 64. Typically, I'll take about 10 or 15 grams of sugar per day. So I now understand why my sugar elevated so much is because this meal had a tremendous amount of carbs and had a tremendous amount of sugars. Now, I'm not downplaying Zaxby's. Uh, It just so happened that's where we ate. But the one thing that I learned is even after doing this for five or six years, if I am not 100% sure of what uh, is in the meal, then I need to make sure that I know what's going into my mouth uh, on a regular basis. So for you guys just starting out, hopefully this is some inspiration, uh, some motivation for you guys to check what's going uh, in, in your mouth, uh, the things that you're eating and drinking, and make sure you know what it is. Because if you think about eating some chicken, some coleslaw, and a few french fries, that uh, wouldn't be too bad, but it was. So if things are not progressing the way you think they should be, make sure you know what's going on. So that is the one thing I've learned this week. Today's topic, though, is about uh, chronic inflammation. Now, uh, inflammation is um, just the the way your body reacts to certain injuries or infections, uh, toxins, and different things like that. So uh, as with everything with your body, there's good and there's bad, okay? It's just like insulin. Now, you don't need too little, you don't need too much, you just need the right amount. And that's the same with inflammation. When you sprain an ankle, uh, your body sends uh, cells uh, and inflammatory factors to that site, to your ankle, to help your body heal itself. So that is like an acute inflammatory response. That is what your body's supposed to do. The problem is... When you have that uh, response and it happens over and over again and it becomes more of a chronic inflammation. So if you're eating a lot of processed sugars or um, uh, you're having exposure to toxins, your body is exposed to a chronic uh, inflammatory uh, state uh, by the things that you're putting your bo- in, into your body or that you're exposed to. Also, with uh, inflammation, it can also come from stress, you know, like emotional stress. So if you're in a constant state of stress, what we call your sympathetic mode, then your body is going to experience chronic inflammation. And, you know, with chronic inflammation, uh, it is more of like a perceived threat. So um, when you eat the excess sugar, uh, it is a perceived threat of your blood sugars going up. And there's a whole uh, cascade of hormonal responses after that. And uh, it, it gets stressed. Uh, so that leads to a chronic infl- inflammation, and this chronic inflammation is ongoing. So you may be thinking, okay, that sounds good, but why should I even be worried about this chronic inflammation that you're talking about? One, is, uh, in, in short term, is going to make uh, you feel bad. Uh, so one reason that I checked uh, with the uh, uh, Zaxby's uh, nutritional label and things like that is because the Friday night I did not sleep very well. Now, one, I ate later than I normally eat. Uh, usually I go to bed around 9, 9.30, so I don't eat, usually try to eat last at 6 or uh, 7 at the latest. So I went to bed a little bit later, uh, but I ate a little bit later too. So not only uh, eating later caused my uh, sleep disruption, but also what I 
have eaten cause my sleep disruption. So if you're not sleeping well, maybe it's because of the, of the foods that you're, you're exposing your body to. The other things that can cause problems, uh, you know, as far as uh, the here and now uh, from uh, chronic inflammation is uh, if you're having like joint pains, um, you know, if you're uh, having a lot of aches and pains, uh, even in your muscles, uh, if you have a lot of GI symptoms, you know, gas, bloating, constipation, those type of things. Now, it could be because of maybe something you ate and it would be healthy for you, like broccoli can cause some gas. So you have to learn to listen to your body there. But it could be from chronic inflammation. You know, we do some stool testing on some of our clients, and it's amazing how much inflammation they have in their gut. So if you have this inflammation in your gut, it's going to be ongoing. And until you kind of uh, decrease the amount of inflammation that you have, this chronic inflammation is still going to um, cause your body to react in a way that is not going to be pleasant for you. Uh, the uh, long-term effects of having chronic inflammation and more and more evidence is coming out and it's amazing what in the last five years or so how much more we know about this but chronic inflammation can lead to chronic diseases you know for thinking things like Alzheimer's cardiovascular disease uh, even diabetes so you know it does have a detrimental effect not only on how you feel right now but long-term and that's one of the things that we're really concerned about is long term, how is it going to affect our health? So you may be thinking you can get by with stuff that it's not hurting you. And I've had this happen time and time again where uh, I've had a client come in and, you know, they have certain uh, problems, you know, if they're having resistant weight loss and we do testing and uh, they say, you know, I've, I'm doing well, I'm, uh, I can eat this processed food and I'm still um, doing okay, but the testing shows something different. Or if we do hormone tests, it shows like uh, stress, like for cortisol. Uh, some people maybe tell me that they're they're able to relax while they're doing other things uh, and keeping them busy. Uh, for instance, like if someone is um, um, going to be uh, encouraging them to pray, to take time for meditation, but they do this while they're doing other activities. Uh, their, their stress test shows something uh, else. It does, shows that their body's not responding the way they think it is. So, of course, the more testing that you do, is better off. But if you have any of those symptoms above, it could be just a sign of chronic inflammation. Now, you may be thinking, okay, now, <clears throat> this, sounds, this sounds like maybe it could be me. Uh, this sounds like it could be something uh, that I'm experiencing. Uh, so what do I do? How do I know if I have this chronic inflammation? So if you're having, you know, um, chronic diseases already, or if you're feeling bad to hear it now, joint pains, can't sleep and things like that, you know, the first thing I think you need to do is talk to your provider about uh, some of the symptoms or other causes that could be causing these things. But then also while they're doing that, check for signs of inflammation. And there's some testing that you can do. Uh, it's a simple blood test on most of these. Uh, and if you measure these, these can be elevated. So if you got pencil and paper around, just uh, write these down. And next time you go to your provider, ask if you can get these. Uh, one is called a CRP. It's a C-reactive protein. And if that is elevated, uh, there's usually a, that's a sign of some kind of underlying inflammation. And the same thing with the ESR. It's a, we call it your SED rate. 
So if you're able to get those tests, you can kind of get an idea. And these tests are not like set in stone. They fluctuate from, you know, day to day, week to week. So uh, if you've had a hard workout before you go uh, to your doctor's office and you get these blood tests, they may be elevated. So you want to get these at a time probably in the mornings where you're not fasting and then or where you're fasting. And then the day before, you want to be able to, you know, have your normal life but not go for a hard workout the night before you do these blood testing because they can falsely elevate them. So you want to, you know, just get into the habit of going to the doctor's office at the same time, you know, in the morning, fasting and having like the same routine. That way, if it is elevated, uh, the next time you do the, the testing, you can do the kind of same routine and uh, get the same results. The other test that you can do is called a ferritin level. Now, that's a protein um, in your blood that is a marker for your iron stores. Uh, there can be other reasons why this can be up as well, too. There are some genetic disorders that can cause us to be really elevated. Uh, and your, doctor's, your doctor will know that whether you know that's the case or not. But if it's elevated, it could be a sign of inflammation. Uh, the other test is your albumin-globulin uh, ratio. Um, that is a test that's normally done on your comprehensive medical, medical metabolic profile. It's a common test that you probably get already that's on there. And if that's elevated, it could be a sign of uh, inflammation as well. And probably the, the last test that I'd probably talk about, it's a little bit more specialized test that we do with our clients online, is a GI stool test. And a GI stool test is you just uh, basically get a stool sample and send it off. And we'll get an idea of a breakdown of the um, a dysbiosis, the inflammatory factors, if you have uh, maldigestion, things like that, that could be leading to some of the chronic stress. So when, when we have somebody who's chronically stressed, you know, the things that, that we try to do is, is the normal things that we try to do with everybody. You know, we go back to our four pillars of health, which try, we try to make it simple for people to, to, uh, fall back on. You know, we, we look at their diet, we look at their sleep, we look at their exercise, and we look at their meditation. So if those four things aren't where they need to be, that's a simple place to start. You know, if, if something as simple as uh, getting some blood tests can open your eyes up to something that is causing some long-term uh, issues, uh, then I think that is a great place that you can start uh, to see if you have this underlying problem. And then once you have these, uh, if you do have this underlying problem, if these labs are elevated or if you're having these symptoms, then you can kind of like narrow in uh, more on the testing and that'd be able to, you'll, you'll, you'll be able to follow through with the testing as well too. So start with the four pillars of health as always. And with anything that we do, that's where we start. And in, in, we've got episodes on that you can listen to in the past. Now, what's some specific things uh, that you can do? Well, uh, one is increase uh, your anti-inflammatory foods. Now, what are your anti-inflammatory foods? Uh, fatty fish like salmon is very good for you. Uh, berries, uh, even dark chocolate. Uh, not only does dark chocolate help with that, it has a lot of phytonutrients in it. Uh, so that's a great snack to have. And that also helps with your inflammation. 
Uh, number two, you can decrease your inflammatory foods. As you might guess, uh, things like processed foods, uh, sugars, gluten, dairy, things like that. You know, uh, the, the things that we talk about over and over, uh, you need to try to get those out of your diet. Now, some people can do gluten. Some people can do dairy, not have any problems. But if you have an underlying uh, infl- uh, inflammatory markers are high, or if you're having joint pains. Uh, the other thing I thought... Uh, uh, forgot to mention on your signs is for inflammation is like skin disorders. If you're having problems like with acne or uh, eczema or something like that, that can cause problems as well from the chronic inflammation. But with people that have the going back to your uh, what to do with the uh, decreasing anti-inflammatory foods, I think everybody needs to get rid of the processed foods. And processed foods are basically anything in a can or a bag that, you know, has a shelf life for six months or more. You know, that's, it has to be processed. Uh, it's not natural. A uh, more simple way to think about it is if it's grown uh, by God or raised by God, uh, if you can't go out and, and pick it or kill it and eat it, then it's probably processed. Now, some of these foods may have sugar in them, like fruits, and that has fructose in it, and which can be a problem for some people, especially starting out. But mainly for, or not mainly, but definitely for everybody, an added uh, adding bl- uh, sugar to your diet is going to be detrimental uh, for the uh, inflammation. Uh, the number three thing that you can do to help is sleep. Now that is one of our four pillars of health. And of course, uh, hopefully you knew that I was going to talk to you about that. If you're not getting your sleep, you're going to stress your body. And when you stress your body, you cause inflammation. And that inflammatory, there's a whole cascade of hormones that can cause problems. And it can lead to long-term problems. You know, even like high blood pressure. It can lead to headaches. It can lead to those type of things. And when you have those kind of issues, then that leads to more problems. So... Uh, for instance, like if you're having headaches because you have sleep apnea because you're not sleeping well because uh, you're eating late at night, well, then you have to take uh, ibuprofen for your headache. And then what happens with your gut? It tears up the inside lining of your gut. So uh, you're, you're, when your gut is destroyed, the inside lining of it, it can lead to more uh, absorption of things that shouldn't be absorbed, which can lead to more inflammation. So uh, everything's intertwined, everything's interrelated. So we want to just have a healthy lifestyle, starting with our four pillars of health. Number four things we need to exercise. Uh, exercise helps in so many different ways. Uh, it helps with uh, reduction of stress, emotional stress, physical stress. Uh, a lot of times when people are exercising, they sleep better. So uh, ex- exercise will help with inflammation as well. And then, you know, decreasing your stress. Now, the decrease in stress could be emotional stress. Or it could be physical stress. You know, uh, physical stress we've kind of talked about with, you know, how it affects your gut, which can affect your whole body. And then the emotional stress, you know, that's real. When people have a lot of emotional stress, you know, uh, it can cause... Uh, you know, sleeping issues, uh, it can cause problems with uh, concentration, and then that can lead uh, to problems as far as like, um, you know, for, forgetfulness, uh, and then later on, uh, as you have more sleep problems, it can interrupt with uh, the way your heart does, can function, especially with associated with sleep apnea. Uh, so there's so many things that's interconnected with your sleep that you need to make sure that you're getting enough of it so that you can in, de, uh, decrease the chronic 
inflammation your body's experiencing. And then uh, finally, uh, water. You know, if, make sure you drink enough water. To, uh, try to stay away from a lot of the processed drinks. Uh, coffee's good for you, um, but make sure you get, you're staying hydrated, and that will help. And then finally, number seven, we'll add this one on here, is uh, get uh, into a prayer or meditation. You know, doing either one of these, uh, I believe in prayer, because you're putting your trust in God uh, and His grace, and um, that's going to help you... Um, handle life it's going to help you handle uh, situations much better uh, because uh, you're ultimately putting it in his control and not controlling things yourself which you know um, I think for me personally that's a thing that I have to uh, battle with is to make sure that I am uh, putting it in his hands and not trying to uh, um, uh, tr- um, cure every problem that I have uh, by myself so hopefully that's helped you guys understand that you know chronic inflammation is bad and there's things that you can do about it. The thing, first thing I think you have to do is, is recognize it by your symptoms or some blood work. Once you have these uh, in hand, you know, what can you do about it? If you put these things into practice, I think you're going to feel much better, not only now, uh, but long term. And your chances of developing chronic disease will lessen uh, because of the effects of the less, uh, less inflammation that you have. So hopefully that's helped. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about uh, our catechisms, and we're on number 31. It says, what does every sin deserve? The anger anger and judgment of God. So as you guys know, hopefully you guys know, uh, we try to put all our trust into Lord Jesus Christ. And we know uh, our ultimate destination is heaven. We also know that that sin will not enter heaven. Uh, There is no way sin is going to enter heaven. Uh, but the good thing is, uh, we don't have to work for that. We have a mediator in Jesus Christ who is at the right hand of the Father, and He died and was re- and rose again for our sins. So there's a way that we can get to heaven. We know that sin's not going to get there. The only way we can get there is through our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, again, this is something that is very near and dear to our heart. That is the primary message uh, that we speak to each other, speak to our families, to our friends, and that's what we want to speak to you. Anyway, hopefully that's helped with this uh, with this talk as far as uh, chronic inflammation. Hopefully it's given you some insight. Uh, if you need any help, questions, or anything like that, please reach out to us. We're always here to help, but we are we are here to serve you and uh, to help you uh, live a life while we're here on earth the best that we can. You guys have a wonderful day, and remember, be fit and be faithful. This podcast is for informational purposes only. No patient-provider relationship is implied or established. This podcast in no way represents the practice of medicine. The information given is to be used at the listener's own risk. Please consult your provider before making any changes, as the contents of this podcast is no substitution for your provider's instruction.